Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ings. Welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable, and it is a great honor uh, to present uh, the Roundtable with Scott Simons, who is the president and managing partner of Valley Dealerships as part of Carter Myers Automotive. Scott, welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Hey, Ted. Thank you for having me on, and you know what a what an honor it is to be here. Uh, I know that Liza and Brian Benstock and you know other people have been on here, and uh, you know thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, again, it's it's my pleasure, our pleasure, Scott. We've heard so much about you uh, from Liza uh, and Brian, uh, who were with us in the early days. And, uh, uh, you know, what you have built there at the Valley Dealerships as part of Car Myers is very impressive. And, uh, you know, I look forward to hearing about that. And you've actually got a pretty amazing story uh, from what I understand yourself. Yeah, Ted, thank you. Uh, yeah, I started selling cars uh, for Huddy Hyman, uh, well, let's go back. I'm originally from Southern West Virginia. I uh, went to Bluefield State College, and from there, got my master's from Radford University. Uh, graduated in four year, uh, six years worth of school in four, and uh, I wanted to get in the auto industry. So my dad said, uh, "Son, you know you, you're going to go sell cars. Why did you go to all this school? You know you could have went there straight out of high school." And I said, "Well, Dad, you know no one could ever take my education away, and and I learned a lot and." You know, I have a dream of owning car dealerships and, you know, in order for that dream to happen, I need to go and sell cars and, and work my way up. And uh, it's been a it's been a uh, wild journey. Uh, and then uh, back in 2010, um, I got connected with Eliza and Carter Myers. Uh, I was a general manager of a store in the area and uh, a mutual friend got us together. And in 2010, uh, I was a partner in my first store. So I started off in sales, finance, which was probably my expertise. Yeah. Uh, then I went to general managers from finance to general manager. Uh, and now I'm a managing partner and president of the five dealerships here in Stanton, Virginia. So. Scott, I got to agree with you that there is no substitute for selling cars and learning about it yourself. Um, and I, I am with you on that all the way. Uh, and there's so much that we, that you and I have learned, okay, by selling cars. And I, I, like you, I came up to the sales side and the finance side and leasing, right? And uh, uh, it wasn't until my sales manager fired me one summer that the dealer said, don't leave, go back and I'll show you how to write service. And I got introduced to the service department. But uh, the, the car business has everything. It has uh, business, marketing, parts. It's got uh Fine. It's got everything, Scott, in, in under one roof. Yeah, I mean, we are the the sales reps, which we train them on how to leverage social media. Um, you know, we train them on how to build their own brand, um, and it, it's a it's a key component for them to be successful. But what we talk to our team about is is Hey, look, even if the auto industry is not what you want to do for the rest of your life, you know, people are changing jobs at record paces. You know, some of it has something to do with COVID and people being at home and starting their own businesses. But we tell them, hey, this is an audition for whatever you want to achieve. So do it to the best of your ability and do it with excellence. And you're a 
business within our business. And I remember days, Ted, back when we would tell people, don't put your cell phone on your business card. Don't give your cell phone because we want to control everything. Now we teach them how to brand themselves, how to be um, when that uh, when one of their people in their network think about anything automotive, anything, contact us. You know, we're all about relationship sales. Uh, when we first started here, we tracked relationship sales based on how we trained them on how to use leverage social media, predominantly Facebook. But now it's Instagram, TikTok and all sorts of different platforms. We were selling about 5% relation. In other words, the team generated the sale, not the entity, not Honda, not Subaru, not Valley, not CMA. And now that we've trained and tracked that, 45% of our sales are generated by the sales associate by building those relationships and, and using our training on how to leverage social media. Isn't that amazing? And, um, and you know what? That also transcends the service and parts because that's all the relationship there, right? And it's, it's all gone full circle, Scott. Um, you told me there was a time in the industry, maybe not so long ago, where um, you made a change and had, had to make a change for yourself. And uh, I know you're, uh, you're leading, how many employees, Scott, uh, at your- 175. Okay, you've got a lot of people, okay, uh, under you. Um, tell us about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so- you know, I think in life, sometimes we can get so fixated on a goal and accomplishing a goal that uh, at least I did that I really lost who I was as an individual. So I was winning in business. So I've been involved with four different dealerships. And so in order to get the manufacturer's eye, even when I was in finance, I knew that I needed to sell a bunch of new cars. So I got really good relationships mm-hmm. with the banks and I really pumped up new car volume. And then people say, why is this dealership, this Saturn dealership or Pontiac GMC dealership selling so many new cars? Then when I went to meetings, I networked. And when I met people, I said, you know, my dream is to, you know, own a, own a car dealership one day. Well, when you start pumping up the numbers, you know, by getting good relationships and building value in new, people start to ask who, who you are, who your team is really. And I always would just deflect, hey, I've got a really good team. And uh, I was working for a group before I came to CMA. I was winning in business, but I was losing as a, as a as a husband. Number one, I was losing as a dad. I was not, you know, I was going to attain a goal no matter what I had to do. My health, I bloomed up to two hundred sixty five pounds. Was in high had high blood pressure, and uh, came a point in my life where if I didn't make changes, I wouldn't be here today. And luckily, I have a wife. Uh, we've dated or been married over thirty years, and uh, she said. Uh, listen, you're winning in business, but I don't, I don't even know who this person you've become. And I had a big wake up call and I had to make a change both by my health and my wife. And uh, at that point, I, I realized some things, you know, you can't be the only person that wins. So if I lead the Valley dealerships, I have to fit Valley within CMA. I need to, all the associates that are here, I need to find out what's important to them and help lead them. And then if I can help them get to their goals, they will help me and CMA get to our goals. And uh, so I started really pouring into people around me um, and learning more about what's their professional and personal goals. I need to know what's important to them to help steer them. Or do they want to move up in the ranks? You know, some of the really good associates, they want to just, you know, sell, they want to sell cars and they want to operate and worry about themselves, not a team. And I really took a wake up call, but that's where my career really took off. 
because I truly cared about other people and found out more about what they wanted to accomplish. And one of the things we do is we ask every associate for three of their personal and three of their professional goals. And then we meet with them quarterly on what are those goals? And then, you know, Ted, that day that I don't feel like making that prospect call or, or I don't feel like going and, you know, picking up that piece of trash on the lot, I remember, hey, I've got these goals. I look down at my phone and know that, you know, my daughter going to college or my son going to college, that's why I have to pick up and make that phone call. Because to be honest, not all of us are on top of our game every single day. I'm not either. I just don't want anybody to know it. They shouldn't be able to tell when they come in contact with me. And you're right. It, it's always that one more phone call. I remember um, uh, Lisa Copeland said the fortune is in the follow-up, Scott. It's always doing that one extra step, that one more time that, you know, all of us didn't feel, you know, at some point that we wanted to do it, but it it's proven it makes the difference. And I'm fascinated by the goals. So you have them write the goals down or they're written or they're in their phone. Is that right? Yeah. So what they do is... Um, their leader, because I'm really big in chain of command. I have an open door policy. Anybody can come meet with me, but you're not allowed just to come in and complain. I'm not a complaint department. The first thing I do is if I can do anything to help you. And typically it has to do with something personally. You know, um, they're having a problem maybe with their son or daughter, which trust me, we've all been there, right? I've got an 18 year old daughter. Um, they may be having an issue at home. They may be, they may need advice on finances. They may need advice on should they buy their first home? You know, I had an associate just bought their first home with us. He's worked with us for about five years and it's, he's 40 years old and we're so excited. So we celebrated that in our in our uh, mentorship. But they email their leader, three personal, three professional. They include me and my assistant. So that way I know. But the person that needs to sit down and go over it with them is their leader. You know, we have five different showrooms here. We need the leaders of the showrooms to be their point of contact. And then if they need me, they can come to me. And uh, I want to be known as the person that if you have one phone call and you work for us or you're in my network and you have one phone call and you can't call anybody else but that one person, call me. I've got those three o'clock calls in the morning. Do I like them? No, I don't. And I may tell them about it, but I, I will answer the phone. And if I don't answer the phone, I'll call them right back as soon as I possibly can. You know, so those those goals are shared. And guess what? When you put your goal in writing and you profess it to the world, then you that helps hold you accountable. You know, so that's something that we started to do. And then CMA, Liza, uh, she adopted it. I think a lot of the other dealerships and it's just something that, you know, you got to figure out, you got to do life with people. You know, we're not just a car company. You know, we want to move people's lives forward. That's our associates. That's our community. That's, uh, you know, everybody that we come in contact with, which is what Carter Myers Automotive Group is all about. You know, it's inter- interesting. You said that we had a we had a tech a panel of all technicians on the uh, on the event yesterday, all techs and um, uh, with with leaders as well on there. And uh, as you know, there's been a great shortage of of skilled technicians these days, right? I don't have to tell you. Um, but what the technicians have told us repeatedly in uh, event after event that it's not as much the money. But you know what? It's the culture of the organization I work for. It's the culture. Will they listen to me? Will they allow me to grow? Uh, Am I allowed to converse with other technicians? You know, so there's so much about the culture. And at Carter Myers, uh, Scott, you know, the organization is known for your dealership's culture. Because I think this leads to that. Talk to us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it starts with, first, we've been around since 1924. 
you know, so, you know, it's been ingrained in our culture. We, we share profits with our employees. We're ESOP. So we have an employee stock option plan. So employees own 26% of our company. We take 10% of the net profit of the company um, and we share it with the, the staff. We just had our meetings and our average employee, average paid employee, they're not average, but average paid employee got $4,500 worth of stock and our stock was up 20%. So that's investing in our people. We also have a partnership through FCA where we will send associates to college. So you can come work for us out of high school, sell cars, work on cars. We have a tech apprentice program and we actually will pay for your training and we will also pay to send you to college. Not only you, but anybody else that works for you. So we invest heavily in our employees. And I think that's a big part of our success and the big part of our growth now to over 20 dealerships in the state of Virginia and West Virginia. When I first started, I don't remember correctly, but I think we had six or seven stores total. And I could Mm -hmm. be wrong there. And now we're up over 20 and growing. But it's because of people here just aren't numbers. I mean, Liza sends a handwritten letter to every associate. She has a thousand associates. The letter is geared toward that individual. You know, I know every associate's name. I could take you around the dealership and tell you stories about every one. Um, we also ask our general managers and leaders to come in through the back of the store. Come in through the back. That way you can say hi to the technicians when you walk through. And they also know we have that open door policy. I agree. Even us in the whole industry could do a better job of, 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 of pouring into our uh, technicians. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think we do better than most, but I think we can improve in that area also. And you know what? It's not that long ago, Scott. You know, I think back even seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, we didn't used to hear that word culture at all in the dealership world. You know, that was kind of a new word. And now we hear more and more dealerships and groups like yours embracing that uh, because you've done that all along. And like you just said, the relationship selling um, is a huge, it, it makes our job easier, you know, in keeping that customer and re- retaining it, then have to go out and conquest and get a, a new one all over again. Yeah. Think about it. Four out of every 10, almost five every, out of every 10 customer purchases through associate that works with us. Hmm. So your closing ratio is going to be higher. Typically your margins are higher. Um, yeah. Guess, guess what? Besides teaching them on how to build social media, we can, we've taken our advertising budget, not spent as much. Guess what we did with that money? We're giving it to the local community. So we do more sponsorships. We give it to the local high school. We call the local high schools and said, we want to donate money to your high school. People are like, what? what, what I'm sorry. What's this for? We want to just give, we want to, what, what program needs money? We're going to, because we don't have to advertise as much. One, because the inventories are lower. But two, because we don't have to spend as much money in advertising because we've trained our team to be an entity within the entity, within within us. Um, another thing that we do, which I think I shared with you about culture. I have people that reach out to me. I'm very fortunate. I'm in a lot of networks. They'll say, Scott, will you mentor me? And I say, yeah, I will. I'll mentor you for free, but you need to come work for us. So we've literally had people, um, one gentleman left a parts and service director job and is a service manager here. And moved from Pennsylvania because he at, he wanted me to mentor him. So he's in my mentorship class, which is optional. It's it, it Once you sign up, you go through the whole program. It's about 20 associates on average. Okay. And we talk about health, uh, finances. We talk about relationships. 
Um, we did an exercise to see who could spend the least amount of money in one week. <laughs> the difference between the two people in the group, one spent $600 in variable, has a family. One person spent $80 in variable expenses. So we asked, you know, you know, where, where did you spend money? And people said, I bought too many energy drinks or, you know, I just blew money on these certain things. We also had them write down what their credit score was. Write down what your credit score is. Then next week, go to free credit report and bring a copy of your credit bureau. And then we gave $100 to whoever had the closest score. In other words, who knows what their score is? Then right. someone two weeks later says, hey, Scott, my score is up 40 points. So we we put, we pour much more than just a car dealership into people. And guess what that breeds? That breeds loyalty. I mean, people are loyal. If you go and I mean, let's get let's be real. A lot of schools aren't teaching people these things anymore. And, you know, there's too much time spent on social media. People don't know about budgeting, about balance, about health, about counting your macros. We have groups that go and work out together now. We've got people that have lost 50 pounds that that went through this mentorship. We meet every Monday at noon. They can eat lunch, but they can't come to my mentorship, then go eat lunch. You know, because we got we got work to do. You know, mm-hmm. so I am old school in some of those ways, but that mentorship has man, it it has paid dividends and I do it myself. My assistant and I run it and we meet and we talk about all sorts of things. My title, you know, although we don't have titles in our name tag, my mine says inspire, says Scott Simons. We drop our titles and it's not this is not a CMA program. This is a Valley Scott Simons program. And you don't have to participate. We just ask us ask our team in there to keep it within the walls of there because we talk about private things and uh, they don't feel comfortable about talking something they don't. But this is something that I do to pour into our team. And uh, I really don't want to talk about it because, you know, I get choked up. But we actually had someone that uh, we we saved a life through that mentorship, literally saved someone's life through that mentorship. Wow, Scott, that's powerful. Powerful. Every Monday. And you lead it. Wow. Um, You know, here we are, uh, the middle of May, and uh, we're looking out. We've had an incredible last two years that nobody could even have imagined. If you wrote a book, they would have called it a a work of fiction, right? Um, Last question, Scott, looking out over the balance of this year, what advice would you give our, your fellow leaders, the dealers, managers, fixed ops directors, people watching this today, what advice would you give them uh, you know, in their lives and their dealerships, you know, in their careers looking forward into, into this year? That's a great question. Um, I think it, it has been a great two years. Obviously we've had challenges going through COVID, you know, we went COVID and we didn't know what the heck was going on. And you give type A people that own businesses, no power to be able to, 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 to be able to do anything real quick. You've got to pivot and you've got to figure it out. But, but I will say this, I think in a lot of industries, Customer service is not what it used to be. I think mm-hmm. that some people have gotten mm-hmm. average, some people have gotten complacent, and some people uh, think that they're are doing better than what we are. Don't don't, don't fall into that trap of being average uh, just because the industry is and because of inventory uh, levels are down. Let's not fool ourselves. Let's not let's not let up. Let's not let's not do the things we know to do to be successful. I do believe that now is the greatest time to separate yourself from all others by being on top of your game, 
taking care of your associates, pouring into your associates, and giving our customers the best experience ever. I think that this success has brought some arrogance. I think this success has brought some, some you know, I think customer service has most definitely, um, in, in some areas, is not what it used to be. It's below average. So it's never been a greater time to shine than right now. Wow. Great advice, Scott. Thank you so much. Uh, for being with us today. Um, again, long time in coming, but uh, you know, on behalf of the Fixed Ops Roundtable, Scott, thank you so much for your time with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, a lot of the people that connected us, you know, talk so very highly of you. And uh, I really am, I appreciate you, you know, allowing me to participate. And if there's anything I can never do for you, please reach out. But thank you so much for, for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Great. We can't we can't wait to have you back, Scott, and learn more. Uh, Scott Simons, everybody, from the Valley Dealerships, part of Carter Myers Automotive, here today at the Fixed Ops Roundtable.